It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. Yo, we are back for another episode of On the Clock. I am your host, Brett Whitefield, and today I am rocking solo dolo. That's right. No guests today. It's just me, just you. We're going to be talking some draft. Today, I wanted to bring you a couple wide receivers that I have, um, I would say, refreshed opinions about. Um, so, you know, I've talked about my process at nauseum. And one of the things I want to keep reiterating is when I dive into the film, I do what they call a preliminary watch on every player. So I go through, you know, a list that's extraordinarily long of players. And I try to watch a game or two to get a feel for the player and their skill set and where I like I kind of start developing my opinions about them. I've, there's two receivers here that I've completely, I don't want to say I've 180'd on, but I've changed my mind a little bit about what I think their, their ceiling in the NFL is and where I think maybe I like them in the draft. One of those guys is TCU wide receiver Quinton Johnston. Let me tell you about Quinton, Quinton Johnston. Now, this is he's an interesting guy because he was kind of the consensus number one receiver for how long? I don't know, since what, fall maybe? Um, I think maybe PFF was one of the first companies out there to put him as their number one receiver. And then short, you know, pretty quickly after a lot of people followed suit and then he kind of slowly, I mean, I think he's still in that conversation for most people, but when I initially watched him, I was not really impressed. One of the games I, I viewed was the, the 2023, uh, college football playoff game against Michigan where, you know, outside of a couple fluky plays, he was really, really quiet in that game. Um, I I didn't see the, I guess, the this crazy big X alpha dog receiver that he's kind of been billed as. I didn't see, uh, you know, I, I didn't see a guy that, you, you know, you're going to get 12 to 14 targets a game. I, I just really wasn't sure. I mean, he, most of his production came on, on one really long play, and I know, you know, you don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater, but there was really nothing in that game that made me say, "Wow, this is a, this is a really, really great, great prospect here." I, it was, that one play happened to be a busted coverage. So, long story short, I, I get around to actually finally doing my full study on Quinton Johnson. I kind of had, I'd been telling people he was going to end up my my fifth or sixth wide receiver in the class, likely, but when I actually scored him, the scores bared something out completely different. He scored as my. He's currently sitting as my third best receiver in the class um, with a really solid score, like a really firm first round grade that was comparable with other first round wide receivers the last few years. Um, some some notes on him that I, I think he's really, really, you know, some, some traits he puts on tape are he's he is that freaky athlete that he's been billed as. He does have exceptional size. He's 6'4", 215 pounds. Um, the number one thing to be excited about with Quinton Johnson is his rare blend of size and speed, and he's got a really really legit amount of lateral quickness as well. Um, his linear movement skills for a guy of his length and size is, is honestly tremendous. Um, the, the combination of physical traits here, it's, it's, it's an attractive one. And it, it really, it makes his ceiling one of the more exciting 
players in the draft. Um, I, I know that's that's a that's a big bold statement, but th- that's the truth. When you get a guy that has the the movement skills that he has at that size, we've seen these receivers do very well in the NFL. Um, yeah, but what do you what do you get with him on the field from a production standpoint? You get an explosive playmaker. Um, it, it's it's not it's not crazy to think that a guy with his crazy athletic ability and and body control, you know is going to be a, a playmaker, but that's exactly what it is. Um, all those traits pop when he has the ball in his hand specifically. Um, in the time I've been scouting, you know, draft classes, I think it's been about eight years. I haven't seen anyone that's a six, four receiver comfortably hit spin moves in the open field as often as Johnson does. What this kind of highlights is like this elite level body control. And for a guy of that size, it's incredibly impressive um, to be able to, to, you know, running full speed with those long legs hit it hit a comfortable spin move it, it, it it's rare you, i mean it sounds funny but you're not going to see a lot of guys that size um, performing that move in the open field a whole lot it's usually going to be smaller slot receivers or running backs hitting spin moves but man johnson that's like his go-to make you miss move i love it um the, the best part about his game in the open field too is once he does beat or defeat a tackler um, he has the speed to just completely outrun the other players on the field. And, and more importantly, he's got this this alpha mentality of, hey, I know I'm bigger and stronger and faster than you, and if I feel like it, I'll just run right through you. Um, now, I would say that that mentality maybe dwindles a little bit at the catch point. You would like to see a guy of his size be a little stronger at the catch point. I do think he lets DBs get into his body and disrupt his ability to catch the football when he's in tight confined spaces or when he is airborne. But for the most part, the tr- the physical traits are there to get better at that, to, to implement more play strength and concentration with the football. Um, all the traits are there. He's, it's definitely exciting. Um, the other thing you get with, with Johnson, he's not just a gadget guy where you're, you're throwing screens to or designing short touches for. Um, he has a complete deep threat skill set. I mean, he's more than just fast. Uh, Johnson's got a ton of speed. He's got acceleration to destroy cushions and stack defenders. Um, he's, we've already mentioned that body control, but he also has great ball tracking skills that allow him to finish plays at a super high rate. Um, when the ball's in the air, Johnson, he almost doesn't even need to look at it. He just, he just knows where it's going to be. He can make flight mid flight adjustments to the ball, contorting his body in midair. He, to make contested catches in heavy traffic. Now we talked about those deficiencies already where maybe he does need to get a little bit stronger at the catch point. Um, He needs to do better at using his body to box out cornerbacks, especially because they're pretty much all smaller than him outside of a, you know, a handful of guys. Um, But that, that's ball tracking ability gets him in position to make plays all the time. I mean, he got to some balls that you wouldn't expect the receiver to get Max Duggan, uh, his quarterback at TCU wasn't the most accurate passer in the world. And a lot of times just threw up a YOLO ball and expected his guy to go get it. And some of those balls were, were really, really good. Uh, I mean, some of the some of those plays on the balls were just really, really good where, you know, you're at the time Duggan throws the ball. It's often in a double coverage. You're just like, this is this is going nowhere. And then Johnson will come out of nowhere. You know, ma- he made a litany of crazy plays in those situations. And there was one play this year where he he reached over a defensive back's head and pinned the ball 
to the defensive backs back. <laughs> That's how he got the ball. Um, but that, uh, you know, his body control, he mixes, a, mixes that with a really good blend of, I would say, route running IQ and body positioning in, in the route phase, not necessarily at the catch point. But this, this type of stuff makes him a really valuable target on back shoulder throws as well, especially if he's going to see tight man coverage at all. Um, or between you know the corner and safety on cover two looks, um, if he's with a competent quarterback that you know understands how to throw a good back shoulder ball, you know they can really exploit you know those two high looks, especially cover two with Quinton Johnston being able to hit those those back shoulder hole shots, as I like to call them. Um, the other thing that really surprised me with Johnston's game is he man. He was an underrated route runner, and I think he's got a lot of room to grow in that regard. Um, at the top of his route, he kind of showcases this exceptional hip and ankle flexibility, um, and he—that's pretty rare for a guy his size. Like really, really flexible ankles. Like he can get really low to the ground, um, and he's got that explosiveness. So you pair pair that flexibility with a violent cutting ability. Man, he—that he, change of direction stuff pops off the tape. Um, now he didn't run a really diverse route tree in college you know a lot of what tcu does it's this extreme tempo spread offense type stuff he's running mostly go balls hitches and slants occasionally would run a deep crosser um but for the most part that route tree is really simple but when he has to hit that you know that slant route or, or a post route where he's you know putting his foot in the ground um and exploding accelerating out of that break he does it with ease man and he, he generates a lot of separation more than i thought he was going to for a big body receiver um and then furthermore on those hitch routes he he has good good ability to decelerate a lot of times you you get these bigger frame receivers you know their their top speed is their top speed and they don't have the ability to to stop on a dime i think of and this is not a a comp at all but i think of a guy like julio jones in the nfl you know, Julio is a big body receiver, but you would never tell that by the way he ran routes. Um, ridiculous athleticism where, you know, very explosive, could get to top speed quickly, but he could also get to no speed quickly <laughs> and slam those breaks with precision and be at his spot and ready for, you know, the, the ball to be delivered to him um, with his hands available and his numbers shown to the quarterback. Like what this does is it makes for a really attractive profile. Think about the way the Seahawks are able to use DK Metcalf. He's so big and so athletic. And I, I'm not saying Johnson is or isn't that athletic. I don't really know. I, I know he's a really, really good athlete. And I know DK is also a really, really good athlete. But when you have that size and speed combo, defenses really have no choice but to respect that. And they're going to give you a lot of cushions. Um, and when you can take advantage of those cushions with – you know, slamming the brakes and hitting those hitch routes and, and hitting those speed outs um, right on the right on the boundary there. That that really gives your offense some built-in free yards. I made the statement, I think, on Scott Barrett's podcast. It had to have been two or three years ago at this point, but there's never a game in which DK Metcalf shouldn't have 100 yards. <laughs> and I firmly believe that. And Johnson kind of has that upside. But the reason is, is you just – there's so much free yards to be had on the field with – with the things he can do against a cushion and the way they can attack a cushion, it's it's really attractive. And, and then furthermore, if you want to start throwing him some smoke routes or some designed screens when you get that cushion, like he's going to make you pay on those too. Um, so I think, I guess in summary, the the perceived floor of Johnson is a lot higher than I thought it was. I knew he was a ceiling player. Anytime you're talking about a guy with all these immense physical traits, that's just automatically goes into your brain as a ceiling player, right? Um, but I didn't 
I guess I I kind of took his skill set for uh, for advantage and how big his floor actually was. I think there's a lot of built in offense you get with him, and um, I know I've seen a lot of people comping him to Kevin White, and I think they look similar on the field. They are similar size. They both have dreads. They kind of play in a similar offense. I, I guess I can see the stylistic comp, but I don't think White had the the detail oriented game that Quinton Johnston does. And, and, and Johnston's got a lot of room to approve for sure. There are reps of him against zone coverage where, you know, like a deep crosser where he he sits sits down nicely in the hole in zone. He he's, does a good job of feeling that out. But it's not every rep, and he does need to get better at that aspect of the game, especially if he wants to be a high-volume receiver. Um, he is going to have to get better at doing those those little details, uh, working with his quarterback on scramble routes and stuff like that. Yeah, there are reps of him doing that, but he's going to have to get better at it. Um, I, you know, if we're going to talk about weaknesses real quick, you know, just because I probably just described what sounds like a, a Hall of Fame wide receiver. So it's not all perfect with him, but uh, so, so a couple weaknesses. He didn't he didn't really have to face press coverage at all in college. Um, and when he did, there were even moments where I would say he struggled. That's where I was kind of talking about this, this in some aspects of his game, he has this alpha mentality where he's the big bully he plays bully ball, especially with the ball in his hands. And then in other aspects, you don't, you don't really, um, you know, you don't, you don't see it. And that's, you know, whether it's at the catch point or sometimes even against press. Now, Listen, the reps he faced against press are nothing. You can't even really take notes about it because it's so few and far between that, like, I mean, we really don't know. This is a, a perfect case of I can't tell you he can't do it because we really just haven't seen if he can or can't. Uh, but that is a concern. You want a bigger receiver to be able to get off press because, I mean, the the one way to slow that athleticism down is to try to slow his feet down at the line of scrimmage and, and not let him get into his release. Because presumably longer leg guys, they need they need more room to operate to get into the release. I'd much rather probably do that and play with the safety over top than have um, have Johnston working against a cushion where you know he's really good at attacking that cushion. He can threaten the outside shoulder really well. And then we already talked about the built-in free yards you get when you play that cushion. So I'd much rather try to get up and press a guy. So the fact that we don't have a good resume of him beating him, that is definitely a concern. I also mentioned that limited route tree. You know, yeah, he does. He The routes he ran in college, he ran very well. But there was almost hardly any variety. And he really didn't run a lot of double moves either. Um, the NFL is going to be a way more advanced than what he was doing in college. And so it's like, I don't know how long that transition period is going to be for him. It could be a very steep transition period. Um, we already know he has the physical traits to do all of these things, but the the timing aspect, the precision of route depths and break points, like depending on where he lands, that there could be a transition there. So that I would say, you know, proceed with caution in that regard. Um, yeah, and then I, you know, I mentioned, I mentioned, and I want to reiterate the the physicality and the play strength disappears at the catch point at times. This is actually my exact quote from my Quinton Johnson scouting profile that will be in the, the fantasy points prospect guide is um, for how gifted and supersized athlete Johnson is and how strong he looks in most facets of the game. It is both puzzling and concerning how easily he allows defensive backs to outmuscle him in contested situations. This could explain his general lack of touchdown production as well. So true. Um, 
I feel even better about it reading it out loud to you guys. Uh, Johnson didn't score a lot of touchdowns in college, and this is probably a good reason why. He wasn't that true red zone dog that you're expecting a 6'4", 215-pound receiver to be. He's going to have to get better in these situations, and I, I bet this type of stuff will drive some coaches insane. Um, can you coach him up? Can you get him to play with that physicality? Those are questions that teams are going to have to answer. I don't, I can't tell you that. Um, long story short, if you were strictly scouting this guy based on trades, Johnson would easily be the top receiver on the draft class. Um, he's got everything you could covet from a physical standpoint, plus a good bit of um, developed technique and, and alignment versatility. I, I like Johnson on the outside. I think he can also play as a big slot sometimes too. Not something I want to do in full time, but he definitely gives your offense um, the versatility and the the variability to to do those types of things. Um, with that said, though, there, there's enough concerns to foresee a steep learning curve at becoming a full time player in the NFL, um, especially considering the likely draft capital investment it's going to take to acquire him. Uh, his lack of production, in in contrast to his skill summary, also needs explaining. That that's a big question. If I were an NFL team sitting him down in these team meetings at the combine, I would be asking myself, why, you know, for as talented as you are, where what's with this lack of production? Um, a comp I have for him is Christian Watson. They're very similar players. I loved Christian Watson last year. Um, you got to remember, sometimes public takes. It's not because Watson scored so high for me. It's because I was weighing how he scored for me versus how the public perceived him. So I felt like I constantly had to go on podcasts and on Twitter and pound the table for Christian Watson. When reality is he scored as like my fifth best receiver last year, which is probably higher than most. I had a first round grade on him. Um, But similar situation to Watson where all the physical traits in the world, some really nice developed skills as well, but there's going to be this high draft capital investment into him with you know i wouldn't say great production it's not like christian watson was putting up ridiculous numbers same with quinton johnston here so um long story short though johnson scores is a first round pick for me and he ranks inside the top five positionally i already mentioned he's my wide receiver three all right some team fits um I don't know that there's any team in the nfl that can't use a six foot four 215 pound guy with these traits but inevitably people are going to ask me team fits. Where do you see this guy going? I, I think I mocked him in my mock to the Kansas city chiefs. I love that fit. Um, he would be a great blend with, with Tony and sky Moore there. Um, he can do all the same things MVS did for them this year. He's going to give them a little bit more versatility and a little bit more ceiling there. And that size and the frame that he has pairs really well with, with, I would say, smaller, speedier, elusive type players and Carrius Tony and Sky Moore. Um, that could be a really, really interesting trio going forward because all those guys are fantastic athletes with make-you-miss potential in the open field. Um, and with the way teams are playing Patrick Mahomes right now, like I would love to try to get as much rack out of my receivers as possible. So I I'd, I'd personally, I would love that fit. Um, another great spot I think would be the New York Giants. Um, initially, I was thinking Zay Flowers would be a great fit for them. I don't know that they need another small, fast slot receiver type guy. I know Flowers can play on the outside as well. That's not what a, you know, that that's not what I mean necessarily. But Wondell Robinson is, is there's just too much overlap there for me with, um, with uh, Zay Flowers. So, anyways, we're we're gonna move on. I 
I really like another guy in this class. But before I get to him, I need to talk to you about underdog fantasy football. The 2022 NFL season is over, but the fantasy football season never stops at underdog fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy football. Right now, you can draft an underdog's The Big Board Tournament with $1 million in total prizes and 200000 given to first place. Think you know which incoming rookies will burst onto the scene in 2023? If so, now's your chance to draft them at a value. Now listen, if you've been listening to my podcast, then you do know which rookies are going to burst onto the scene. All you have to do is join the big board draft, draft your fantasy team, and that's it. In best ball, there are no waivers. There are no trades. All you do is get the best scores in your lineup every week of the season. That sounds pretty easy. Whoever has the highest score at the end of the season wins. Just head to underdogfantasy.com, the App Store, or Google Play Store. Sign up with promo code FANTASYPTS, and you will get your first deposit doubled up to $100. There's more. If you sign up using our code fantasy PTS at underdog and you get a fantasy point standard subscription for just five bucks, insane value. That's underdog fantasy promo code fantasy PTS. And remember new underdog users who sign up with our code, get a fantasy point sub for five freaking dollars. Insane value. All right. Another receiver I wanted to wrap about for a second is SMU wide receiver Rashi Rice. Rice hailing from Bullard, Texas. He was a modestly touted three-star recruit out of high school. Does not matter to me. He chose to play at Southern Methodist. He had an impressive college football career. In 2022, he earned first-team All-AAC honors. Um, I like this guy a lot. He has a ton of positional versatility to his game. He's roughly six foot, uh, 200 pounds-ish, got decent length. He can play X if you need him to. He can play Z if you need him to. He can play in the slot if you need him to. Um, Skill summary really quick here. We have an exceptional route runner with fantastic ball skills. I love that combination. You give me good route running and separation and ball skills, um, yeah, you're automatically going to score well for me. Those are two premium traits for me at wide receiver. Um, I consider premium traits route running, uh, ball skills, hands, and then you got to be able to create after the catch. Athleticism is obviously in there as well because that is important for receivers, but it's not a uh, it's not in my trades bucket. That would be in my athleticism bucket. So. Anyways, uh, the SMU offense limited Rice's route tree. That is the starting point when talking about him as a route runner because you're going to see that um, people that haven't watched enough Rishi Rice, no, they're just going to throw that in your face right away. Oh, SMU, they play this crazy tempo, crazy spread offense. He didn't run a lot of, didn't run, you know, run a lot of different types of routes, which is true. But the res- routes he was responsible for running, he ran with extreme precision and dynamics. Um, this is another guy with really flexible ankles and the ability to sink his hips. He's got ridiculous twitch. And he can snap in and out of his breaks with ease. I mean, he he generates separation incredibly easily. And I know the level of competition wasn't necessarily power five, but um, the corners in the AAC really didn't have a chance. And, you know, Rice was dealing with not great quarterback play himself. There were a lot of times where Rice would generate a ton of separation and then, then a ball would be, what other 
either off target or thrown late or whatever, and it would kind of bring the defender back in play. So some of that, if you're if you're not really sure what you're looking for on tape, some of that separation gets minimized a little bit by that. But uh, I still think if you have the coach's film and you're watching Rasheed Rice, you can see that quick separation, that quick twitch. Um, and then, furthermore, he has the long speed to make you pay for that separation. Um, you know, when when you when he generates that separation and and there is a well thrown ball, you're not recovering on him. Um, one of my favorite things about him too, in terms of his route running, is understanding how to attack off coverage and use tempo to create false steps. He does this a lot. So he's a super he's got this great athletic profile with with tons of explosiveness and and great long speed. And a lot of times you see college receivers get into this habit of they just run everything at full speed. Not necessarily a bad thing, but it also makes you predictable. Um it makes it really hard to feint and throw throw your corner off and create those false steps. And what Rice does really really well is he he uses different speeds and tempos in his route running to create those false steps. He gets guys turned around all the time. Um, the amount of times you'll see a cornerback actually turn his hips the wrong direction just because Rice is threatening a different tempo is actually pretty insane. Um, we mentioned the ball skills. Those ball skills allow him to maximize that separation. So I think a good way of putting it is there, there's a difference, and we've mentioned this on the podcast before, but I think Joe Marino did a really good, good job summarizing this. I'll kind of reiterate it. There's a difference between ball skills and catching ability. They're two different traits. Ball skills are having that instinct to know how to position yourself to get ready to catch the ball. Think about it like an outfielder adjusting to a fly ball. So if you watch an MLB outfielder, they can almost – get to the spot of the ball just based on the sound of the bat. I mean, it's actually wild. Well, good receivers that have ball skills do the same thing. They see the way the ball comes out. They can they can judge it in the air really, really well, and they get themselves into position to make catches. So when I say that he his ball skills allow him to maximize the separation, what that essentially means is Rice has enough separation developed that – Mixed with his ball skills where he can act, he can actually get to a ball that is perhaps underthrown or thrown long, you know, if he hits it and he hightails it into his top gear, where the cornerback, because of that separation, is still going to be reacting to where Rice is on the field. So when a cornerback gets beat, his instincts turn from I'm now looking for the ball to I'm now trying to get on this guy's ass so I don't get beat. So what happens is when when you have that good separation and good ball skills, you're already adjusting to the ball and the corner is still adjusting to you. So you see this a lot in Rice's tape. There were so many vertical routes that were underthrown for him where he has to work back to the football in air. And the corner is so busy realizing he's cooked that he just goes flying by the ball because he's just hightailing it, trying to, get, trying to get back to Rice. So we see this in the NFL all the time. A lot of times it will end up with a pass interference penalty on those underthrown balls. Um, but I think Rice is going to be exceptional in that regard. Rice, he's not really a big guy either, but he will out-physical his opponent. I wrote in my scouting notes for him that Rice is the embodiment of an alpha dog at the receiver position. He wants all the smoke all the time, and he will not back down. Whether it's at the catch point or the way he finishes plays with the ball in his hands, he is going to bring it. This is not hyperbole. 
Um, he is incredibly physical at the catch point. He's only six foot, 200 pounds. It doesn't matter. We just talked about Quinton Johnson and how he kind of loses some of that alpha mentality at the catch point. If Ray Rice could, or Ray Rice, my God, if Rasheed Rice could give him uh, half the competitiveness he has at the catch point, Quinton Johnson's ceiling would be even higher. But man, Rice, Rice will body re- opposing defenders in the air. I mean, he is fantastic at the catch point. He's physical. He generates that late separation you're looking for. Um, and he does it without getting caught, which is even better. <laughs> um, and then when he has the ball in his hands, like, yeah, he'll prefer to outrun you or juke you if he can. But if he knows he can't and he just wants to move the chains, this guy's going to drop his shoulder and he is going to try to run you over. It's very impressive stuff for a guy this size. Um, there's a lot of plays too where like he's running like a – it'd be first and 10. He'll run a seven-yard hitch, catch the ball at seven yards, immediately get wrapped up, and then he'll drag a corner for three or four yards because he wants to move those chains. And he's super competitive and super physical, and he is not shy about it. Um. I also wrote that he's a, he's got a complete athletic profile. He's a well-rounded athlete. He's moderately explosive. I'm not going to say he's the fastest guy in this draft. He's not, not even close, but he is fast. Um, he's got good long speed. He has good lateral quickness and, and I would say good acceleration. He checks all those boxes. Um, I would be very shocked if he didn't test as like an elite athlete, but doesn't have that one. He's not going to have the one drill that makes him, you know, everyone talking about him. I think he'll run, a modestly fast 4-4. He'll be modestly fast in the agility drills. He'll jump modestly high, all of those things. So I think together his profile makes him an elite athlete, but doesn't have that one thing to hang his hat on. Um, and he's got premier run-after-catch skills. He's got really good vision. We mentioned the alpha mentality and the athletic pro- profile to perform at a very high level with the ball in his hands. Um, he forces missed tackles at an exceptional rate. It's it's actually wild <laughs> how many tackles this guy uh, breaks. I mean, it's it's crazy. Whether it's you know him destroying pursuit angles and 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 forcing a defender to barely get their hands on him or what. Um, sometimes he jukes guys out. Sometimes you know he he hits a spin move. Whatever it is, he he's forcing tackles at an at an incredible miss. Uh, he's forcing missed tackles at an incredible rate. I don't know why my mouth is not functioning at the moment, but anyways. He, um, because of his vertical skill set and his run after catch, like this is another guy with a relatively high floor. I don't think there's a whole lot of risk here. You know, there might be a transitional period coming from the small school, blah, blah, blah. But he looked good at the senior bowl week against the nation's top senior corners. I I don't know. I don't really know. Um, same issues with Johnson as far as route tree is concerned. He needs, he needs to develop more routes. And he might already have them in his bag. We don't really know. This is, like we said with with Johnson, this is a classic case of, I don't know that he can't do it. We just haven't seen him do it. Um, I also wrote one one weakness of his. He does need to improve with the small details. Um, As you know, in the NFL, everything gets tighter. Details matter more. Uh, When you're building a rapport with a quarterback, your quarterback needs to know and trust that you're going to do all the little things to be better. Um, one of the things I really, really noted is while he is a good route runner, sometimes he doesn't have a great feel for where to set his route down against zone. Um, you know, the deep crosser is always a good indicator. Um, depending on the coverage shell you see, there are many opportunities to sit that route down. Um, 
and and give your give your quarterback a, a target in the middle of the field. And Rice seemed at times a little too eager to carry his route, you know, through the defense. Um, there are reps of him doing it correctly for sure. Um, sometimes they were in big moments as well, but that does not change the fact that most of the time he's not doing this well. He needs to get better at it. Um, another thing like scramble drill. I mean, this sounds like a, such a small, small, minute part of playing football, but you really want to make your quarterback happy. You got to work with them on scramble drill. Um, there, again, these are reps of Rice doing this and doing it well. There's also reps of him continuing to run 70 yards downfield when his quarterback's running for his life. So I would I would like for him to get more consistent working back to his quarterback here and, and, and making himself a, a viable target. Um, in the end, uh, I think Rice profiles as a potential number one receiving option for a team. What's attractive about that is this is a guy who's probably not going to go until day two. Um, maybe even late day two. I've seen a lot of people calling this guy a third-round pick. He scores as a second-round pick for me. Um, I think his blend of athleticism and refined technical abilities, uh, I think it outweighs most of the concerns I have. Um, and just my scoring model scored him as a second-round pick. So I'm comfortable with him, you know, mid to late second, anywhere after that. And I think you're getting a value because of the chance he turns into a, a number one receiver. I think at worst, his floor, because of those traits we mentioned, this is a wide receiver, a really, really good productive wide receiver three in an offense. Um, and, you know, I think there's a significant chance he lands somewhere in between a true wide receiver one and a wide receiver three. Anyways. That is all I have for you today. I wanted to wrap about Quinton Johnson and Rishi Rice because these are two guys that changed my mind about their potential in the NFL. And the more I dug into the tape, the more I liked. Um, and I listen, I liked Rishi Rice going into the Senior Bowl week, and then he kind of fell off my radar because um, there were other guys during Senior Bowl week who really impressed me and kind of jumped the board a little bit. <laughs> But that's going to be it today. Uh, I hope you enjoy. Thank you so much for listening. I will be back tomorrow with a special guest. But for now, I am off the clock. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com. 